Hi, I'm Pastor Nick Stavropoulos. Welcome to Rosewood Church of the Nazarene. We're so glad you've been with us for this service. Today is our International Friendship Sunday. We are a multicultural, multiracial congregation, but the good news is it's not just our church family that's multicultural and multiracial, but Canada is like that. And we th thank God for our whole nation. The question can be asked, how can we best live with all the many wonderful different races and cultures? How can we best live and how can we best honor the Lord? And a wonderful part of the answer to that question is, we can do so by pursuing godly goals. By pursuing godly goals. Our theme in my last message and today is pursuing godly goals. James chapter 3, verses 17 and 18 summarize for you and me some wonderful, beautiful, godly goals. In the last message from James 3, we were challenged to, first of all, pursue the godly goal of inward purity inward purity. And secondly, we were challenged to pursue the godly goal of being peace-loving. Inward purity and peace-loving. Today, James 3, verse 17, inspires us to pursue the godly goal of gentleness. The godly goal of gentleness. Read with me from the screen, verses 17 and 18. Well, let's just read verse 17, James 3. Here it is. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. Let's just pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the beautiful truths contained in this verse alone. And we pray that you would touch our hearts and inspire us to more and more pursue, especially as we think of gentleness today. Move upon our hearts and minds and create within us what you want to create. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, verse 17 there beautifully says that we should pursue and be gentle at all times. What does the word gentle mean? Um, recently, Michael Alfred's small group was meeting and they were studying this part of the Bible. And I appreciated a comment made by one of the members of that group, Anthony Chan Chung. Uh, I heard him say that, um, that uh, gentle, gentle is putting yourself in the shoes of another person. I don't know if you recall saying that, Anthony, but I thought and reflected upon that comment and uh, felt it was just a, a wonderful point of view on your part. I, I'm sure that 
most of you probably know what the word gentle or gentleness means, but I believe that as, as you listen today, your, your understanding of this word is really going to expand and grow. That's what happened with me as I studied uh, the word gentle and gentleness. My understanding and appreciation really, really expanded and grew a whole lot. And I'm hoping that's going to happen for you as well. The Greek word, and this part of our Bible was originally written in Greek. The Greek word in the Bible, which is translated gentle, is epikides, or epikis, actually. Um, in English, we would spell it E-P-I-E-I-K-E-S, all right? It is actually a Greek word which is very difficult to fully translate into the English language. Aristotle was a Greek philosopher who lived between 385 and 323 BC, before Christ. And one of his students, by the way, was Alexander the Great. Aristotle defined epikis, translated gentle, as, here it is, gent justice and better than justice. Think about that. Justice and better than justice. Aristotle said, gentle is that which steps in to correct things when the law itself becomes unjust. That's interesting, isn't it? Very interesting. Now, stick with me, and I believe you'll, you'll really appreciate this word gentle even more, a whole lot more. Dr. William Barclay says, the person who is gentle, epikis, is the person who knows, who knows when it is actually wrong, <laughs> when it is actually wrong to apply the strict letter of the law. He goes on and says, he or she knows how to forgive when strict justice gives him or her a perfect right to condemn. That's interesting, isn't it? I was reading about another person, Matthew Arnold, A-R-N-O-L-D, who, who was an English poet from the 1800s. And uh, Matthew Arnold sent, said, gentle is, hear this, gentle is sweet reasonableness. Isn't that lovely? Sweet reasonableness. I like that. And it is the ability to extend to others the, kind, the kindly consideration we would wish to receive ourselves. That's kind of like what you said, Anthony. Well, here is an example of gentleness. This came to my mind as I was preparing. Suppose you receive a phone call I hope this never happens to you, but sometimes it does. 
I hope you receive a phone call which says a close family member of yours was in a terrible car accident and has been rushed to a particular hospital. You jump into your car to get to the hospital as fast as you can, and you don't realize that you are driving 30 or 40 kilometers over the speed limit. A police officer pulls you over and says, Sir or ma'am, you were going 30 kilometers over the speed limit. I'm sorry, but I have to give you a big ticket for speeding. And you say, Officer, my family member was in a terrible car accident and has just been rushed to such and such a hospital. I was told my family member may not survive. I, I really want to get to the hospital. That's why I'm in such a hurry. Please, I'm just in a, such a hurry. Now, the police officer could say, I'm sorry about your family member, but according to the law, according to the law, I have to give you a big speeding ticket. Or, or, the police officer could say, what is your family member's name? The officer then phones the hospital and gets confirmation that you were telling the truth, of course. The officer then says to you, listen, forget the ticket. I'll put on my police uh, car siren. I'll put the siren on. Follow me and I'll get you to the hospital safely as fast as we can go. The police officer could have applied the strict letter of the law and could have spent another 10 minutes writing you a big speeding ticket. Instead, he realized it would have been wrong for him to hold you up and write that big speeding ticket. He chose to what? He chose to be gentle. He chose to be gentle and helped you get to the hospital faster than you ever dreamed. That's one example that came to my mind. Here's another one. If you are a student in high school or university, many times you will, you will for instance, be given a 30-page assignment that is due by a specific date. That happened to me all the time when I was in high school at the University of Toronto and then Nazarene Theological Seminary. Uh, we had major assignments to do on a regular basis. Now, let, let's suppose the assignment was worth 30% of the term's mark. It's pretty significant. A month before the assignment is due, however, you unfortunately became very ill and honestly could not do your 30-page assignment. You go to your teacher or professor before the assignment due date, and you say something like, I'm very sorry, I'm very sorry, but I've been sick all month. I just haven't had the strength to do the 30-page assignment. Here's my doctor's note. Could I please have an extension on my project? Now, a teacher or a professor could say, Sir or ma'am, a due date is a due date, and I won't give you an extension. However, I believe most instructors would show the biblical gentleness and would say, I'm very sorry, I'm very sorry to 
know that you've been so ill. Let's work out a new due date for your assignment. And so you proceed to do that. Most teachers and professors would practice what Matthew Arnold called sweet reasonableness. Sweet reasonableness. The ability to extend to others the kindly consideration we would wish to receive ourselves. Amen? Now, I need to spend more time with you on this subject of being gentle or gentleness because I don't like saying this. I don't like saying this, but I find a lot of people, Christians included, are not very gentle. All right? A lot of people, Christians included, are often not very gentle. I don't exactly know why, but too many people are abrasive. Okay? Um, too many people are like a bull in a china shop, as some people say it. What is sad is that there is a tendency for people who lack gentleness to say things like, well, that's just the way I am. Take it or leave it. Well, that's not how God wants you or me to be. That's not how the Lord wants us to be. Galatians 5.23 tells us that the fruit of the Holy Spirit is gentleness. Gentleness. Plus a whole bunch of other beautiful fruit. That's right. The fruit of the Spirit is gentleness. Here are some times to especially show and practice gentleness. Let's especially give attention to uh, these situations in life. Number one, show gentleness when a person has a true emergency, has a, a real emergency. I gave you the example earlier of a police officer showing a speeder gentleness because the person had an emergency with a family member in a hospital due to a serious car accident. Number two, show gentleness when a person is ill. Many years ago, I, Pastor Nick, I was rushed to Centenary Hospital with what turned out to be excruciating, and I mean excruciating kidney stone pain. I was in absolute agony. And by the way, I am not a wimp, okay? I'm not a wimp. But I, was, I didn't know someone could be in so much pain. I was in absolute agony for several days in the hospital, centenary. There were primarily two things that truly helped me. Two things that really helped me. One was the painkiller, morphine. Morphine was a good friend to me there during that hospital stay, all right? So morphine was a big help. The other big, big help 
was a nurse, was a nurse who showed me incredible gentleness. I'm not exaggerating. About 25 years have passed, and 25 years later now, I have never forgotten the incredible comfort I received from that nurse's gentleness. If, you know, if I had, if I had not been married, and if she had not been married, I probably would have proposed. All right? The gentleness was, was so helpful and healing to me at that point in time. And so I want to ask you, are you and am I gentle? Are we gentle when a person is sick? Or, or do we say, do we say or think, uh, okay, get over it, get over it, it's not going to kill you, I have to go shopping, or whatever. I do want to sincerely commend, commend some of you in our Rosewood Church of the Nazarene family who, when your husband or wife or child or dad or mom or friend has been ill at home or in hospital, there, there are many of you who have shown incredible gentleness. I mean that so sincerely. I admire you for that so much. I was thinking of how, and I thought of many people in our church, but I was thinking of how one of the men in our church was in, in hospital for many months this past year, and I was reflecting on how, how his dear wife showed, showed him such incredible gentleness week after week and month after month. It was very, very touching, very moving for me to see that kind of beautiful gentleness shown by a spouse to, uh, to her husband. So praise God for that, and I commend many of you who have been like that. Here's a third truth. Please, show gentleness when a person is under a lot of stress. All right? All of us sometimes go through significant stress for various reasons. In those times, how gentle you are can be so helpful, can make such a difference to whoever that person might be. Number four, number four, show gentleness when a person has financial, marital, family, or work problems. Be gentle with them. Don't give them a harder time. Don't make life more difficult for them. You know, don't, don't say dumb things like, well, everybody has problems, too bad, so sad, move on. I, I mean, I've heard that from people. And that's not the way God would want us to be. Amen? Number five, number five, be gentle when a person has a death a death in their family, whether it is a person or a pet. For some people, the passing of a pet can be just as painful as the death of a person. So let's remember to be gentle, shall we? 
Number six, be gentle with people who have disabilities. Treat them as equals. Be gentle. Be considerate. Number seven, be gentle when you have to give someone bad news. If ever you have to give someone bad news, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's in the immediate family, whether it's a church, think out carefully how and when you should share that bad news. Be sensitive. Practice gentleness, would you? Number eight, be gentle when a person makes an honest mistake. You know, sometimes I, I, I hear and I see people hammering others when they make a mistake. The truth is, any of us can make a mistake. Sometimes it's a small one, and sometimes it can be a big mistake. Stick with me on this. A few months ago, I was driving home late one evening from the church, and I, and I happened to turn to a radio station on which Dr. John Maxwell was speaking. Dr. Maxwell used to be the pastor of the very large Skyline Wesleyan Church in San Diego, California, when he felt the Lord leading him to, to go full-time, full-time into helping other pastors and business leaders become better leaders. Dr. Maxwell has written some of the, the best books on leadership which are used in the Christian world and in the business world, by the way. He has been a man of excellent integrity and has a great reputation for excellence. In fact, I remember some years ago we showed one of his film or vi video series on, um, I believe it's called The 19 Laws, The 19 Laws of Leadership. In the message that I was listening to on the radio, he was telling of how in March 2009, he had been speaking somewhere, somewhere at a large church or a big convention. When he finished his speaking engagement, he was getting ready to fly out. A well-meaning well lady went up to him and said, Dr. Maxwell, you, you must be on the road a lot away from your wife. Here, here, here is a gun and ammunition for your dear wife so she can protect herself when you are away on these kinds of speaking engagements. She meant well. Well, what, what is a church leader supposed to do when someone unexpectedly and with good intentions gives you a gun for your wife as a present. What are you supposed to do? By the way, please, never do that to me, okay? All right? Just in case. All right. Well, Dr. Maxwell thanked her for her kindness, and not thinking, he put the gun with the box of ammunition in his carry-on bag. When he was going through the Palm Beach International Airport, obviously the security people noticed, detected 
the gun and the ammunition in his carry-on bag. Even though he tried to explain it was all a big mistake on his part, the security people told him they had no choice but to arrest him. The city police were called. They put handcuffs on him and took him to the police station. They took his fingerprints and a mugshot, and they put him in jail. Dr. Maxwell told of how he feared that one, one big mistake was going to ruin his nearly 40 years of ministry. Was he going to ever uh, be invited again to speak on leadership when he was caught with a gun in his carry-on bag? Was anyone ever going to ask him again after doing such a dumb thing? Who was going to want to buy any more of his leadership books when he was dumb enough to have a gun in his carry-on bag? Those are the kinds of thoughts that went through his mind, he said. And by the way, he told of how he not only had the gun in his bag, it was also loaded. It was loaded with bullets. One of the newspaper headlines read, Leadership guru John Maxwell arrested for gun in luggage. That was one of the headlines. Dr. Maxwell went through a, a very hard time and faced the consequences because carrying a loaded gun in one's bag at an airport is a very serious crime. Eventually, however, he regained his freedom, was released on bail, and has continued, fortunately, has continued on with his wonderful ministry. He told of how before his arrest with the gun, he could never understand how too often intelligent, intelligent pastors, leaders, and business people could ever make major mistakes. He said he could never understand that. He said he used to be very judgmental of people who made dumb and big mistakes. And then, after his own terrible, huge mistake, he said he has been so much more understanding and so much more compassionate and gentle towards someone who blows it big time. I told you the story of Dr. John Maxwell to say, to say that on occasion almost, almost anyone can make a mistake. If they do, you could be very judgmental, I could be very judgmental, and, and we can hammer him or her into the ground even further. We're talking about family members, friends, workmates, people in church, wherever. I hope, I hope and pray that you and I will always show gentleness. In fact, that's what James 3.17 says, doesn't it? It says, gentle at all times. My friends, the Bible teaches us a great deal 
about being gentle. Proverbs 15, verse 1 says, A gentle answer deflects anger. Proverbs 15, verse 4, Gentle words are a tree of life. Isn't that beautiful? Speaking to leaders in the church, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 3 says, He or she must be gentle. The following story about Jesus gives us a, a beautiful picture of this word gentleness. One day while Jesus was teaching, a group of religious people called the Pharisees brought a woman to him who had been caught in adultery. Some of you know this story. The Pharisees wanted to stone the woman, but Jesus, Jesus stepped in and said this. He said, let him who is without sin throw the first stone. Jesus was responding with gentleness towards the woman and showing everyone there that they were guilty of sinning as well. Jesus wasn't harsh or mean about it, but rather he led with gentleness and compassion, setting an example for the Pharisees and for you and me. There are some people, there are some people who might think that being gentle is a sign of weakness. Some folks would say, oh, being gentle is a sign of weakness. Not so. No. Not so one bit. In fact, gentleness is a sign of Christ-likeness. Christ-likeness. That's right. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verse 29, Jesus says, I am humble and gentle at heart. Jesus says, I am humble and gentle at heart. Wow. How gentle are you? Would you like to become even more gentle? I hope so. Galatians 5.23 says, The fruit of the Holy Spirit is gentleness. With all the wonderful different kinds of people that we have here at Rosewood Church of the Nazarene, in Toronto, in Ontario, across Canada, How wonderful it is to know that if all of us live out and practice more and more gentleness, how much more joyful life would be for you, for me, for all of us. And so, my friends, I ask us, and I ask you, would you now pray with me would, would you pray, let, let us all seek the Lord and say, Lord, I read and I hear in Galatians 5.23 that the fruit of the Spirit is, is gentleness. 
Lord, let it happen in my life. So if this prayer expresses the desire of your heart, would you pray it, please? Would you pray it? I'm going to keep my eyes open as I pray. Dear Lord, thank you for loving me. Lord, please, work in my heart through your Holy Spirit to bring about the gentleness that you are able to create within me. Fill me, Lord, with the fruit of your Holy Spirit. And as our focus today is on gentleness, bring about more and more a beautiful, gentle spirit in me. Help me, Lord, to get over whatever it is that's been preventing me from being gentle and create that heart within me that spills over, that just floods out with gentleness. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to to today's message. Thank you for praying that prayer. If you'd like to let me, Pastor Nick, know that you prayed that prayer today, send me a note. Send us a note um, right now or send us a note to rosewoodchurch.ca. Send us an email, whatever you wish. And by the way, having pastored a long time, I know that this message, this truth of gentleness can help a lot of other people. So I want to encourage you, I want to ask you to share this message with at least two other people. Send it to them. Do what you need to do technically to send it to them. And send them a little note just saying, I want to encourage you to listen to a message that can help you in a beautiful way. All right? Let's worship together with this next song, and then I'll come back and share a closing thought. Blessings on you.